Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Hey, well, uh, welcome back, everyone. It's uh, lovely to see you. And if I haven't met you, my name's Vic. And I'm really pleased to be here tonight. You know, one of the great, um, I don't know, traditions of our childhood, um, maybe if we were sports players, is um, the halftime oranges, isn't it? Uh, And um, I I think it's too long ago to remember when I was a kid. I think we had them when I was a kid, certainly when my kids were kids. We had halftime oranges, and tonight I'm going to be speaking a message that I'm calling halftime. It only seemed appropriate to be able to share some halftime oranges. And so, if you could um, grab one and pass them on, you can't do any harm with a bit of vitamin C, can you? And and uh, you know, kind of wrap it in the thing. And the morning congregation did really well this morning, so you've got a little bit to live up to. Don't um, there's plenty there, so don't uh, don't um, kind of think that you only have to take one. And move it along, and maybe that will sustain you a little bit through our message tonight. It's that time, isn't it, when the coach sort of comes onto the field, and 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 when you're coaching five-year-olds, you tell them you turn around and you're playing that way, you know, kind of for the second half. That's about as much as you can do um, at a halftime team talk, and even that's sometimes not successful. Um, but you do some wise words in theory, some inspiring words, hopefully along the way, as we get to the halftime break. You turn them around and you hope for the best in the second half. And they, they um, do uh, get a, a shot of vitamin C and then they smile at you with their piece of, as a mouth guard. So if anybody would like to do that to me, that would be really good. I can't see any mouth guards. We're all too adult really now, aren't we? Jackson, yeah, yeah, he's got, a, he's got, you've got to have your orange mouth guard. It wouldn't just, it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't the case. So I've actually got a picture of oranges, so there you go, just to, just to kind of get us in the mood. So um, today, I think importantly, and um, just something that I've um, started to do over the last couple of years, and would like to do ongoing, it's like in the middle of the year, and obviously we're a little way past, but just to assess a year, think where we've been, where we're going, um, more importantly, as we move into the rest of the year that's ahead. And so that's where I want to take us tonight, to reflect back a little and to project forward a little um, as well. Um, If you've been with us at all over the last um, two terms, over the first half of this year, um, you'll know that we're in a series that we're calling Pilgrims. Uh, And in the second of those terms, this last term, each week really for about 10 or 12 weeks, we've done a series we've called On the Road. And basically all of our speakers have picked one of their favorite road stories, um, maybe of Jesus, maybe of other parts of the scriptures, because stuff happens when you're on the road, when you're moving, when, when, when you're interacting with daily life, when you're interacting with people along the way. And of course, in the, in the Bible, interacting with Jesus and, and, and the movement of God. And so we've tried to glean some of those things. And so for tonight, I want to begin in another one of those road stories, in a way, probably the last of the road stories, at least at least officially, that we'll do. And it's um, a pretty well-known one um, from Luke chapter 5, so you're most welcome to turn to it, although I'll read it to you. Um, and it's the, it's the healing and the forgiveness of the paralyzed man. 
um, letting, letting him down through the roof. So we'll, we'll take you through that story. And hopefully that will provide a bit of a basis for us to look back, to look forward, and then conclude tonight with communion. So we'll pull all of those things together, hopefully in one neat little package, and uh, how wonderful that will be. So one day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and religion teachers were sitting around. They'd come from nearly every village in Galilee and Judea, even as far away as Jerusalem, to be there. The healing power of God was on him. That's on Jesus. Some men arrived carrying a paraplegic on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and set him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, removed some tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone, right in front of Jesus. Impressed by their bold belief, he said, Friend, I forgive your sins. That set the religion scholars and Pharisees buzzing. Who does he think he is? That's blasphemous talk. God and only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and said, why all this gossipy whispering? Which is simpler, to say, I forgive your sins, or to say, get up and start walking? Well, just so it's clear that I'm the Son of Man and authorized to do either or both, he now spoke directly to the paraplegic. Get up, he said, take up your bedroll and go home. Without a moment's hesitation, he did it. Got up, took his blanket and left for home, giving glory to God all the way. The people rubbed their eyes, stunned, and then also gave glory to God. Awestruck, they said, we've never seen anything like that. I love this story. I love a lot of the road stories because they do, I think, equate really nicely into even you know, modern society from that very ancient society that we're reading about in the Scriptures. But some of the reasons that I love it is, is because it invites us to a new way of being. You know, Having been with Jesus, you could never really be quite the same again. And so it seems to invite me, at least you know, down even through a couple of thousand years, to a new way of being, a new way of living. I think I, I love it because it's a dynamic wrestling of faith. I sort of, I love the fact that they've got sort of the religion scholars in the front row trying to get them wrong and, and Jesus in a sense proving them wrong or, or showing them a way of understanding and interpreting the scriptures that, was, that would grow and expand what they'd ever understood before. I love the fact that it represents a community of faith. You know, kind of it's not the faith of the guy who's healed, it's the faith of his friends that that. that create the environment where a miracle can take place. And it talks about community and us being community together. And I love the fact that people's lives have changed. We've never seen anything like that, they said, as they went away. And this incredible thing was taking place along the way. And so I love that as a story. And, and I want to use that as a basis for us looking at who and what we are as a church in 2021, who and what we've been, and who and what we are going to be. Because these are the things that surely you would expect to see something of take place on a pilgrimage. And pilgrimage is the theme that we've been going through in the year. And so if you've been with us from the beginning of the year, you'll know that we've done um, four different uh, series. And just tracking back a little, we started way back in January. It seems a long time ago, in a sense, um, that we started with our Unexpected Journeys series. And our speakers in that series, we just took the twists and turns of of some of the stories of the Scriptures, and we looked at some of those and, and found what we could glean from them. 
Then we really got into our pilgrim series. So we were talking all year about journeying into the wild. In that first term, we did a series that we called Packing Our Bags. And we talked about, well, if you were going to go on a great big long walk or a pilgrimage or a long journey, you'd, you'd need to spend some time prepping for it. And so we did some messages around how we could prepare um, for the journey that lay ahead, which was the next three terms, I guess, or the rest of the year. Then um, we dived into Easter, the pilgrimage of an improbable God. And probably the, the little hidden challenge in that is that we presented the idea that Jesus in going to the cross was on something of a pilgrimage of his own, that he was going through something of a process, which again makes it a, a relatable process and story, I think, to where we are. And then more recently, as I say, we've been on the road and we've been doing this things of, you know, the God encounters that we have as our journeys unfold, not so much in church on Sunday maybe, but as we go out and be a, 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 a teacher or a laborer or whatever it is that we get to do during the week with our families, with our friends, in our workplaces and along the way. So I think, I think these have been great. I think the series has been great. And I think, you know, from time to time, you know, as people have been here, that they've been touching and we've learned and we've grown. We've done some other things though. Um, so this uh, term that's just gone by, we did a we did a thing called Trove. It was a group that we ran during every fortnight during that term, and we we did it specifically for people who might think that they're bored, stuck, uncertain, or just pl uh, plain curious about going deeper, about experiencing God um, in different ways. And we had this lovely last night. And so we had sort of ebbings and flowings, but we had pretty good attendance through that whole that whole time. And on the last night, we just got people to share just uh, kind of where they were at now as opposed to where they were at at the beginning. And the words had gone from uncertain and, you know, kind of bored and stuck and, and, and just curious to things like, you know, I feel love, I, I, I feel beloved, I feel, um, I, I, I feel joy, I feel peace. Um, and it was like, you know, we went on a journey. We went on a bit of a pilgrimage with that group of people. And the result was something of a, you know, kind of a growth curve for the people who have been there. So that was a really worthwhile thing to do along the way. What else did we do in um, term two? Well, we introduced quite a few new people to our team. And so um, we, uh, we had Jaden who came in as, a, as an intern. Um, who's here, but I can't see him. He's hiding in the kitchen, so he must have known that I was doing it. This is the only thing on his Facebook page that I could find. We've got um, Tim and Zoe are on uh, holiday this week. So Zoe at the bottom left there, our new youth coordinator, Fraser, who's not well tonight, uh, in the middle there with Becca, who is here, um, as our children's coordinator, uh, Sophie at the top right, who's um, our food bank coordinator, and Paulina, who you've met as our operations manager. And that's just sort of some of the people that you see at the front. There's lots of people who have arrived in our church. There's lots of people who have kind of taken on new roles. And so, I mean, you know, that's a process always, isn't it, of getting used to change, used to development. But but stuff has been happening as we've been going. And 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 the other thing that we did that's sort of of, of big significance, I think, is that we built a chapel upstairs. So we've been busy, haven't we? Sort of so we built a chapel and we kind of built a chapel and then started to try and figure out what to do with it. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a fantastic exercise. And youth go up there on a Sunday morning. We did trove there and all of that sort of thing. But we were kind of puzzling, even as we were completing it, as to why we were doing it and what we would do with it next. And that's something that's going to come, I think, into play 
uh, increasingly into term three. And so um, maybe some honourable mentions of camp out. We went and, and, we, and we, we gathered up at Pākehari, um, you know, kind of as, as loving God and loving others, I guess. We've done, I think, four baptisms this year as people have made those important journeys with Jesus. We had a COVID lockdown back in February, so we went into our 3K, um, our kai, Karara uh, and Karakia, um, little groups that we do, which if we ever go into lockdown again, those are the same, that's the same pattern that we will do. And one of the things that we did, which is significant, maybe not so much in this congregation, but just on Thursday, um, we closed a group, and it's a group that's been really significant to us as a church over a long period of time, and it's our mainly music group. And um, I, I just wanted to mention it because because it, it has been around for a long time, and to honour it, in a sense, because it's a group that we've been doing maybe for 15 years, but out of COVID, a large um, number of particularly our immigrant um, groups that would come to, never came back. And because early childhood's changing and the way that, you know, kind of we raise kids, the, the need for it, at least locally, seemed to have have drained away and so we made the decision with a lot of sadness because it represents a lot of investment of people in our church and people who are um, I was thinking about people who have led it and you'll you'll recognize some of these names Trish De Silva, Gay Edwards who who has passed away now Um, they were the founders of it, Lisa Hansen um, Lindley Webster, and most recently Kathy McLaughlin and, and others, I'm sure I will have missed some people along the way, have been, you know, kind of so, um, I don't know, generous and, and, and in the process. And yet it's another part of the journey that we are on is that, that doors open and doors close, seasons come and seasons go. And if you're talking about pilgrimage over a year or a long period of time, these things tend to happen along the way. And so I did want to honour it. And we have mixed feelings about it. And we're not saying we'll never run mainly music again. But, but for now, that's the season that's kind of come to an end. And one of the reasons that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of proud looking back over those six months, and I'm thinking that has been a six months in which we have been invited to and we've embraced, I think, to a large degree, an invitation to a new way, a dynamic wrestling with with our faith and what it means, um, with the importance of community, of being community for each other, and of seeing people's lives change. We've, we've, we've done that, like, like we see in the scriptures there, in different sort of ways, but we at least as a, as a congregation have, have attempted to embrace some of those ideals. Well, then we get into term three, of course. We're sort of heading towards term three. And I, I realize it's relatively artificial unless you're a, a child who goes to school or a, or, a, um, or a parent of children who go to school. But nevertheless, we do go in these rhythms more or less, don't we, uh, in our society and being school holidays now. And so what are we going to do in term three? Well, in term three, we're going to move our pilgrim series on to another, um, to another topic. And at the moment, we're still a little bit working with our wording, but, but, but at the moment, the, the, the title of the series is Why God? And sort of the subtitle is Pilgrimage When the Wheels Fall Off. And we're going to do a series through um, Term 3, or, or for part of Term 3, that we're going to look at, at when life and faith gets really tough and really difficult along the way, including things like the absence of God and unanswered prayer and dealing with pain and disappointment. 
And it's going to be gritty and it's going to be hard. And some in our congregation are already dealing with those things. We, we decided we'd do this back in our brainstorms last November and December. So I, I would feel like God would have it ready for us to be a timely thing that we would do. And we're going to be really honest about the lives that we all live and the pain that we all take on from time to time. And we're going to try and figure out where God is in that and why God and those answering. And it's going to be brave from the front and it's going to be quite sensitive and it's going to be quite, um, I don't know, um, meaty material, I think, that we'll go through. And yet I think as we walk that together, we will discover something about God. It's not going to be um, kind of woe is me and navel-gazy. It's, it's, it's going to be assuming God is there you know, whether we, can, whether we can process them or not. So we're not going to be, we're going, not going to be di- trying to deconstruct in that sense, but we're going to try and construct in that sense the fact that we all live in very real lives and that we need to find God in those places. I'm so excited about that. I'm thinking, you know, kind of that's a, that's a journeying, pilgrimage type of church that would be able to, to look at something like that. So that's what we're going to do in Term 3, um, starting on August the 8th. And it may not run the whole term, but it'll probably at the moment we're, we're sketched it out to be about six weeks long. Um, what else are we going to do? Well, we're going to do these discovery workshops. So Paulina um, talked about it a little bit. So we're doing we're doing Strengths Finder with Julianne, as she's mentioned, uh, on August the seventh. That's it's just a Saturday afternoon. And then five weeks later, again on a Saturday, September the 11th, we're going to do Enneagram with Rachel King, who's a, uh, an Enneagram um, coach, I, I guess might be the term. Um, and she's going to train us in those things. So if you don't know what Finder is, it's a personality assessment and framework which helps you identify the in, innate strengths that make you tick. Um, as well as of those of the people around you. It's just wonderful. I've been in Julianne's classes maybe three, four times in different phases of my life or different areas of my life, and she is fantastic, and I want to really encourage you to be part of that. Um, And then Rachel King um, is really well regarded as an Enneagram um, coach. And Enneagram, if you don't know, is a tool for understanding ourselves and others helping us see ourselves at a deeper and more objective level. And the idea of us putting on these things is that together as, as a people, that we can learn and understand ourselves and know each other. And when we go through our why God moments and when we go um, through our, our fantastic and wonderful moments, that we can be sort of figuring out who we are, how God's made us, who, how we respond in these things, and so that we can grow and do them. Now, there's going to be some charges um, for these um, because we're, we're working with two professionals. We're going to pay Julianne and we're going to pay Rachel because it's appropriate that we do so. And so we will be, we will be charging for that and we'll let you know by the end of the week. But it's only in about um, four weeks that Julie's doing that first one. So, so factor it in and say yes and say, you know, kind of I'll come and do it and be part of this because I think it'll be amazing. Uh, and then the third, you know, significant thing I think that we're going to do um, during term three is that we're going to start a new service. We're going to start a service in the chapel from about um, middle of September. At the moment, our target date is September the 12th, which is a Sunday. And it'll be nine o'clock in the morning and it'll be a simple service and a short service and it'll be a beautiful service and a contemplative service. And, and it will really be another expression of the way that we can find God, seek God, be close to God. It might be a good place for people to reconnect with God who for some reason have, have lost connection. Or it might be a place for people who are just more naturally wired or it might be just a better time of the day or who knows. And we will do it 
for the rest of the year and then we'll figure out what to do next year. That seems to be the, the, the logical or the, the, the natural outworking of what we've done up in the chapel. So we're super excited about that as well. So, so between our, our Why God series that will be going on through the year at 10 a.m. And, and 5 p.m., um, you know, the introduction of, you know, like we did Trove in Term 2, the introduction of sort of this, um, I, I don't know, building into our community with the workshops that we're doing with Julie um, and StrengthsFinder and, and Rachel with um, Enneagram. And the beginning of this as a chapel, it feels like a, a great opportunity for us, again as a church, to be doing the very things that we've read about in the Scriptures, an invitation to a new way, an invitation to develop and grow rather than just, I don't know, be a little haphazard, which sometimes life can be. An invitation to dynamically wrestle with our faith. You know, some of the things maybe that we are struggling with, to to ask those questions, to kind of bring them to the table, to to even allow yourself to know that you have those as questions. Um, to realize the importance of community. We we only really get to do it in a way that's holistic and, and good when we do it in community. And in the process to be trusting that in miraculous ways and in small ways, it's okay, <laughs> any old time, um, miraculous ways and in small ways and encouragement ways that we can be connecting with God and seeing him move and, and inviting him into the process of us as individuals and us as a church. I think it's pretty exciting. Um, I do want to just um, mention um, an, another exciting area of church development just because I want to keep it on our radar is our whole work with the Good Works Trust and the work that Sophie's doing with our food bank, which is just it's just been transformed this year because we've put more resources into it and because Sophie is a unique individual who who was just doing such a fantastic job. So so just prick your ears up when you hear us talk about food bank and when we ask you to bring stuff and stuff. It is it is really changing um, people's situation and we're very proud of what's happening in there. It's um, so much if you haven't noticed that it used to be in a cupboard there and it's taken our taken over our front offices because it's just it's booming it's booming so much. So just a wonderful thing that we're doing there. And so we can be excited, I think, about this pilgrim story because because these are the, the opportunities that we see for these things to begin to be outworked in our community. And that's you. That is you just as much as it's me, just as much as it's the morning people, just as much as it's kind of staff or whatever. Um, it's you. And in a dynamic way, we can do that. So Jesus never did a halftime sermon, did he? He never distributed oranges. He never, he never kind of, I don't think he ever took a side, really, did he? It's sort of, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of quite work with Jesus. But there were some times where he drew his people together and he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a conversation with you that's, that, that's pivotal and that's going to be changing. And I, I guess I hope that tonight might be, not that I'm, I'm thinking that kind of anybody's life has changed as a result of what we're doing, but putting into place what we're doing and why rather than any sense that kind of all well, we kind of sort of make it up the week before and we sort of try and figure it out as we go along. We are relatively, you know, kind of deliberate in the way that we do those things. But there was one uh, occasion which seems to me to be relevant tonight as we come towards a close that we that Jesus brought his, his disciples together and it came at the end of a really fruitful period of ministry, lots of healing, lots of um, signs and wonders and miracles, raising of Lazarus, for example, lots of things that were taking place. And, 
And, and not long before Jesus was crucified, he came into Jerusalem to the greatest fanfare that you possibly could imagine. Um, and, and, and everybody just welcoming. And the, the tables turn really quickly if we know our Easter story at all. And he ends up being crucified more or less at the end of that week. And he, and he knows that this is happening and he draws his disciples together and he, and he almost says, you know, kind of the, we've had the first half and now we're moving into another period and it's going to be a different period. And it comes in Mark chapter 14. It's done in different ways in different gospels. But he gathers together and they eat um, supper together and he says, I've got something really important to say to you. And he begins to talk about betrayal. And he begins to talk about the fact that it's not going to be the same and that he's going to die. And then he picks up the bread and he says, this is going to be the last meal that we have together, essentially. And he begins to break the bread and he says, take, this is my body. And there begins... A, a tradition, I guess you could call it, but a living tradition, not a, not a dead, crusty one, but a living tradition that we, that we come back to, we can come back to even right now as we share together today of participating in the body of Christ, which is about to be broken, which was about to be broken, which nevertheless, as we come and as we, as we draw close, is something that we can participate on, participate in. He says, "Take, this is my body." And then in Matthew, uh, Mark fourteen twenty three, he takes the cup, and he gives it to them, and he thanks God, and they drink from it, and he gives it a bit of context, and he says, "This is my blood, God's new covenant, poured out for many people." And in the process, Jesus starts a process of these very things that we've been talking about tonight. He starts a process of inviting us to a new way. And it's no less real on July the 11th, 2021, than it is on the night of the Last Supper. It's no less relevant to, to a group of people who gather now as it was to then. It's not a sort of, at this point, a, a historical document of a meal that Jesus had and isn't that interesting. It's an ongoing invitation to a new way of living. And maybe that for some is, you know, kind of, is actually to live, you know, kind of for Jesus. And maybe for many of us who would, would say that, you know, kind of we have had that experience or we have made that decision, it'll be more of perhaps of an incremental or, a, or an invitation into an area of our lives to live a new way. And we have the power that Jesus has unleashed through the sacrifice that he's made to do just those things. And it's an invitation to a wrestling, you know, kind of faith, at one level is incredibly simple, but it's never simplistic. And we're always wrestling with, you know, kind of, well, I believe this bit, but, but I'm struggling with this bit. And I think it's okay because, because the children of Israel were always known as God wrestlers and we're allowed to be God wrestlers too. And sometimes it doesn't make sense and we need to be honest with each other and to go through those places together because of the importance of community. When you do it in community, it's so much more doable than when you do it alone. And as a result, people's lives are changed. And I would, I would predict, and I, it's not so much prophetic as just knowing something of the goodness of God, I would predict that God is going to change lives as we embrace some of the things that we have and that we see planned. 
for the next term and beyond. And I do trust that, that, that this will be just this wonderful. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.